Hello, and welcome to the Court of Valets podcast. The groundhog saw his shadow, and now we are plunged into endless winter! Endless suffering! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Joe, and I'm here with V. Hello. We came back after three weeks of a little hiatus between holidays and just stuff, you know? But... Anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, we are a comic podcast that uploads weekly, and you can check the show notes for which comic we will be covering this week, and their timestamps, so you can skip over those titles if it's something you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. So, like I said, we've been gone for just a couple weeks, but I wanted to just catch up before we jump into things like we normally do. So, V, how's life? Well, it's the holidays. It's true. And the pandemic it's been a little rougher. It's been a roller coaster, yeah. There's been a lot of health scares. There's been a lot of difficulties. Thankfully, each of the hosts so far is still alive. Yes, including Muse. Muse just cannot be here this week. She just has stuff going on, and hopefully she will be here with us next week. Yes, we cannot wait to have you back, Muse. We miss you. But yeah, everything's great on my end. I'm happy to be back. Hopefully we'll have a bunch more um, to share. Hopefully. I mean, I want to try and squeeze in as much as we can because we really just have this week and next week, and then that will be our final episode for the year. Because then we have another holiday called Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. I did no shopping for whatsoever yet. I am on it. I'm ahead of schedule. I'm doing great. Are you? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I'm doing great. Believe, please believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as we mentioned, endless winter. Yes. That's horrifying. We were gone. We came back to this <laughs> new event, which I am still confused as to why it's happening, because death metal is still a thing, and it's still trying to describe what happens between issues 39 and 40 of Justice League. <sighs> and now we have... That universal event going on alongside this other, what seems to be a DC universal event. And then in a couple weeks, we have the third universal event being DC Future State. Oh, right. Which is going to last two months. So I think we just have a lot on the plate right now that is DC Comics. Have we agreed to just call Future State 5G and be over Yeah, it's just 5G. It's all confusing because they keep changing the names, but, like, the stories get intertwined. So, like, a big event might be happening in one of the major titles, and that title crosses over and references another title, but that title won't reference one of the events that's going on. So everything is just in chaos all the time, which I think we've addressed before. Yeah, we've addressed that over a couple times, but that's also very apparent over here because Death Metal took over the last four issues of Justice League to describe their thing, and with Endless Winter, Flash had to quickly wrap up that story arc so they can make room for the tie-in for Endless Winter with this one. All right, explain Endless Winter to me. Is it everything on pause while that's going on? I honestly have no idea. I did not think that it was going to be stretching out the way it was. What I remembered reading about it is that there was going to be some winter theme event that was going to stretch over the DC universe. Everything was going to be blanketed in snow. Mm-hmm. 
I was expecting a one-shot to describe the event and then a couple tie-ins here and there, but mainly focusing around one specific title. So I was assuming it was going to be Justice League. But I see that they have one-shots and tie-ins spread out. Hmm. Between last week and this week, we are now up to part three of Endless Winter event. Part one was the Justice League one-shot. And then we had the Flash issue 767, which was the Endless Winter tie-in. And then you had a Superman Endless Winter special one-shot, which came out this week. Oh, okay. So I was thinking like it would either be like all one shots or it would be a takeover like the future state is. Right. So it's not a takeover. It is some tie-ins, some one shots, and then of course the title Endless Winter. Right. So it's kind of following the same path as Death Metal. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. I'm on board now. Mm-hmm. Before you jumped in to see Endless Winter, like you probably heard of it. What were you expecting? I was expecting something with, like, some ice villains. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was expecting, like, a Mr. Freeze scenario team up with, like, Captain Cold or something. Oh, yeah. Like, global warming is being taken down by yeah. these seven villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> something, like, one portion. I wasn't expecting, like, the entire DC universe to get infected. Again, like, we got teased with the Arctic suits for both Batman and Wonder Woman. Right. And, like, their white little fuzzy outfits. Yeah. So I was expecting at least just a Justice League to get involved. I was expecting a post-apocalyptic event with some major villain, probably an alien, but more likely something from the depths of Atlantis. Yeah. To kind of take over, just completely destroy the Earth, and then you have, like, some kind of almost future state sort of 100 years have gone by and someone accidentally transported the justice league into the future and now they have to fight in a post-apocalyptic snow world yeah i was also confused because i know that this was supposed to come out in december but i didn't know that because of the pause on publication earlier this year if death metal was going to intervene with this at all and make things a little bit confusing like maybe things in endless winter were uh the results of post death metal and we wouldn't have found out because death metal is still going on that actually that could have worked in tandem if you had like because you know how you have the negative universe yeah the dark multiverse like you could have like an earth that's like all snow and have them have to like duke it out there yeah. that would be kind of cool but no none of those scenarios no. are what we got <laughs> none of them so jumping in endless winter justice league issue one which came out last week is written by andy lanning and ron mars so ron mars i've heard of his name has been around in a couple comics i've read Andy Lanning, his name sounded familiar. I have maybe two comics from him. He's written a bunch of Legion of Superheroes stuff stretching from like the 90s to the 2000s. Hmm. And for New 52, which seemed to be like his most recent work for DC that I can find, he worked on a series called Resurrection Man that came out in 2013. I never heard of it before. And he's also done a bunch of stuff for Marvel, um, the Punisher, Thanos series, Guardians of the Galaxy comics in 2014 and 2017. Mm. So Andy Lanning, Ron Mars are the writers. Howard Porter and Marco Santucci are the artists. 
Howard Porter, he was working alongside Joshua Williamson in his most recent Flash run for DC Rebirth. And his art style kind of fit that story more than I would say it does here. It's a little bit brutal. It looks like it's his first comic he did. Mm -hmm. And other times it's like, how do I say this politely? The torso's twice as long as the legs in some places. Boobs are mismatched. Like consistently Wonder Woman has, I think it's her right boob is bigger than her (laughs) other one. Like consistently. I can't understand why exactly. But, like, everybody's proportions are all jacked up. Their faces get squished this way and that. And it's like I told you before, it's it's squished in that way that happens when you are leaning away from the drawing mm-hmm. or your drawing lying down, like, on your floor. Right. <laughs> the things get squished in a certain direction. <laughs> then there are some that are just squished, like, with no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just no reference being used. I can't understand it. Some panels are perfect, but then there are others that are just a mess. Yeah. I shouldn't be as offended by this art style as I am because, like, when he puts effort into panels, they look good, but it's so inconsistent and chaotic. I mean, yeah, like I just said, like, his art definitely seemed to match more of, like, Williamson's storyline for The Flash because he worked on a good, like, 40-plus issues, I want to say, for that run that I read anyway. He was probably on it for longer. But, yeah, so anyway, the story starts off in the middle of Antarctica at the last location of superman's first fortress of solitude which is now just a complete wreck and doesn't look like it's ever existed and there's just a hole in the ground and it's being excavated by this company called stag industries which is another thing that sounds familiar to me but i can't remember as to like why i don't know i was just like yeah it's not star industries yeah so they're digging through the remnants of the fortress which Back in 2018, when Bendis first took over the runs of Action Comics and Superman, he had a miniseries called The Man of Steel, in which his character, Rogel Czar, broke into the Fortress of Solitude, destroyed it, as well as the bottled city of Kandor. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall the Fortress of Solitude just completely disappearing and just becoming a hole in the ground so that was a little weird unless the stag industries already took off all those giant crystals anyway they're excavating it for some type of energy thing for cold fusion which is being led by sebastian stag yeah and he's like oh it's it's this cold fusion potential we have because the snow here it's it's different than other snow this is special ice. Yeah, he's looking for mineral opportunities as well as a unique ice strain, which apparently holds the key to cold fusion. That's... And he's not just like evil doer monologuing. He's trying to explain this to his partner of the company, his sister, as well as their board members, because apparently Sebastian Stagg was in prison and got broken out and stole this excavation equipment and the employees to do this. It's wordy. It's very wordy. It sounds like it's trying to make sense, but the more that they go on, the more ridiculous it gets. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're trying to cover a bunch of plot holes as to, like, how any of this can possibly make sense. And then he does the supervillain turnaround after disconnecting from the phone conversation and reveals why he's actually excavating this. And it's because he wants the crystals of the Kryptonian technology, 
because he wants to bring Stag Industries back on top, possibly leveled out with one of the best companies alongside LexCorp. Honestly, no. Guys, listen. I know this was written like Baby's first comic, and I'm going to keep saying that probably because it makes all these rookie mistakes. But here's the thing. If you ever have an evil business tycoon, we already know. We already know that they want to be on top. Mm -hmm. We already know they're going to make sketchy decisions. You don't have to walk us through every and explain why they're making sketchy decisions and then show us their family's drama. Yeah. Like. I thought we, like, learned that from watching Iron Fist. Like, no one cares. <laughs> That's exactly what <laughs> no I was thinking cares. of when I was reading this. It's pretty stupid. And honestly, like, we didn't need all those pages. They did nothing. They don't advance the story. Mm-hmm. It was very clunky. It could have had, like, several more rewrites, and a lot could have been weeded out. Yeah. It was just terrible. I can't say really more than that. So... Even before we get his villain monologue as to why he's excavating these crystals, it jumps to an island in the Arabian Sea, which is apparently taken over by a bunch of B-list villains who I've never seen work alongside each other before. You have Icicle. It doesn't specify as Icicle Senior or Icicle Junior. Both of them are Flash villains. You have Catman. You have a villain called Multiplex. Right. who, as the name kind of entails, it's just multiplies himself. And then you have Rampage, which is the Wonder Woman villain, I believe. Uh, yeah, I've seen her around. I honestly can't remember a yeah, single thing about her. I just remember that she's just a kind of like a She-Hulk for the DC Comics, but apparently she can change her shape to become that uh, that monster form. So very She-Hulk-ish. Yes. Um, also, Catman, I miss him. He looks so bad in this. <laughs> like, they make him look like just the the worst looking homemade villain. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I do miss Catman. I miss seeing his, like, snarkiness. None of these villains get their time to shine. No, because they are immediately interrupted by the police force of this island in the Arabian Sea... Which is plot hole number three for me out of the whole comic so far. Because if they took over the government of the island, uh-huh. wouldn't the police and the task force also be under their control? Right. So here's the thing. They're like, hey, guys, this was super cool of us. We're so super smart. We took over just like a very small island because we're such strong supervillains and they're such weak normies. Mm-hmm. We took over their government. Now we run the country. But it looks like they're kind of in a cheap hotel. Yeah. And drinking some lemonade, which doesn't seem that expensive to me. No. But that's how they're living life. But that's the monologue we're treated <laughs> to, where it's just kind of like, <laughs> hey, guys, guess what we did? We took over a country. And it's like, did you tell the artist that? <laughs> or was that just something you wrote in post? So then the police were like, hey, we're not going to let any foreign villains come in here and, <laughs> and mess up our country. And it's like, oh, so the government's coming to arrest you? The government that you took, took over? over? All right, cool. Now they start fighting these people, and then they get interrupted by the Justice League. Starting us off is a Barry Allen that sounds like a seven-year-old that just drank like a 12-pack of Coca-Cola. Oh man, yeah, it's like this it's like so movie bad. 
Barry Allen. Yeah, reminds me very much of Ezra Miller. None of his jokes land. They're all stupid. And he just asks dumb questions repeatedly because mm-hmm. it's like he has no attention span. Yeah, he's the comedic relief. And the main thing is, like, to bring about the whole plot of the story being Endless Winter, he's like, oh, this time of year really reminds me how I suck at balancing my family life and my work life. Yeah, he's probably watched Jingle all the way. Now he's like, hey... Maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I don't juggle life well. <laughs> the worst part about it, though, is that this is a through line throughout the whole comic. Yeah. He's repeatedly doing this. He is asking every single member of the Justice League individually, how do they balance their family life and their work life? The sad thing is they're all on comms together. So he's just asking this over and over every time mm-hmm. a new hero shows up. It's like, kaboom, Superman's here. Hey, Superman, I have a question. Um, do you have trouble with work and, and family? Oh, oh, there's Aquaman. Aquaman shows up with a big tentacle monster. He's just like, I should be on my honeymoon. It's like, was that with you on your honeymoon? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? He just looks at the camera and winks. Oh. He's like, yeah. I could be doing other stuff, but I don't know how to balance family and work, or I wouldn't be here with you guys. They all just appear in this very slapstick one right after the other. Like, you expect to hear, like, uh, the the laugh track when each of them yeah. enters. Yeah, pretty much. It's really bad. It's kind of like, you know, like when you're in a group chat and somebody asks a question, like an open-ended question, nobody responds, so then they start asking the same question, but they're tagging everybody they're individually. Tagging everyone. Yeah, it's like That's exactly how it is. They're all on comms together, but he keeps asking the same question, mm-hmm. and it's not, like, in a new way. Yeah, so Green Lantern, John Stewart tells me, he's like, it, this is really not the best time to be asking these questions. So he's immediately, he's like, hey, Wonder Woman, how do you balance your work and family life? And Wonder Woman says that she was the god of war for a time, so she's the wrong person to ask. The functionality of doing this, though, like, it seems to be that he wants each individual Justice League member to explain where they are in time. Mm -hmm. So Wonder Woman, of course, is like, I was the god of war. Which happened... I had to look it up because I remember hearing about this, but I never read it. This happened in 2013. So... This was during New 52. New 52 has been overwritten. Yes. So that never happened. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he's just airing his uh, comics facts. Yeah. His trivia. And again, like I said, the last time Andy Lanning that I can find worked with DC was in 2013. Yet another person who refuses to read Mariko Tamaki. Mm-hmm. That that's Lanning. Everyone, write that down. Lanning does not like Mariko Tamaki. He hasn't read her Wonder Woman. He doesn't know what's going on with her. The reason why I'm saying that is because everything else is up to date. He references with Super. Well, I'll get to that. But no, that, that's pretty much it. So they lock up the the bad guys. Batman throws in a horrible one-liner when he interacts with Catman. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> He's like, you should have gave yourself up when Superman got here. Oh, yeah. He's the good cop. I'm the other one. And then you get the immediate, hey, Batman, um, I was just wondering, how do you, you know what, never mind. But it's not even in person. It's just over the comms. Yeah, it's over the comms, which, again, everybody is connected to. So then they lock everybody up, and everyone's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave if you guys don't need me. Oh, Batman, do you need a ride back to Gotham? It's on the way. I don't mind. 
So then Flash goes to Superman and he says, hey, do you have a minute? He's like, of course I do, if you can keep up. Oh, gosh. He asks Superman, how do you balance your family life and your work life? And then Superman basically just dumps his emotional <laughs> baggage on him. All the recent stuff. <laughs> so this is an up-to-date, this is in current contemporary time. Yeah, and just like everyone else who has to write Superman in their story, the first thing they bring up is like, you know, when I revealed my identity to the world, I thought it was going to make my life easier, but it's just been complicating things even more. Between Jor-El, John being so far away in the future, and my wife, man, Lois, like, I didn't realize just how hard she has it. Oh, gosh. No, I think it was just, I don't know, He's how she was taking it hard or something. Yeah. Because she left him. So he's <laughs> he's referencing everything that's going on in his life. It doesn't answer Barry's question at all. Immediately he's like, I think you should ask somebody else who has their life more together than I do. Oh, by the way, there's a mudslide in Sri Lanka. I have to go. Good talk. He was completely using it as expository dialogue that... We probably didn't need, but I feel like the the writer wanted us to know where in time we all were. Yeah. Or he's just airing his DC trivia and keeping us as a captive audience for it. And also just, I don't really have enough ideas to come up with a story, so I'm just going to reiterate all the things you already know. <laughs> when you don't have enough words, so you have to pat it. But Pretty much. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Yeah, all right. So, Clark leaves Barry. And Barry then goes to Metropolis anyway. He goes to Black Lightning and his family as they're putting up the Christmas tree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Mr. Jefferson, what's the real meaning of Christmas? <laughs> and, well, I'll tell you, Barry. It's about family. <laughs> Is that an ugly sweater, Mr. Jefferson? <laughs> it's, like, it's not ugly. <laughs> And of course, you have the daughter say, it is an ugly sweater, Dad. Yeah, so he was he was commenting because Black Lightning is he's wearing a Cosby sweater with Pretty much. lightning bolts with, on yeah, it. Yeah, his exact costume <laughs> on, a, on an ugly Christmas sweater. Yes. And then he's just like, well, I didn't take you for the ugly sweater type. He's like, it's not supposed to be an ugly sweater. My daughter got this for me. And his daughter's <laughs> like, it is an ugly sweater. That's why we got it for you. <sighs> So they're decorating the tree, and he's giving these, like, folksy words of wisdom to Barry about family. Again, like, he tells him the same thing, because he's like, how do you do it? How do you balance it? He's like, I do it because I have to. It takes effort. And then he goes on a a page and a half about this one specific Christmas ornament. He's like, don't you remember (laughs) when we first got this? And your sister threw up in the back seat of the car. Oh, it was, it was so weird and stilted the way they talked to each other, A. It was very mm-hmm. weird. And B, can I just say the worst part about Barry's quest <laughs> for the meaning of Christmas? Um, we never see Barry struggling with work-life balance. Ne- not once. Oh. We never see his wor- his life in this comic. Not in this comic, no. In the Flash run, you see it time and time again where he's always late, either for his CSI job or for Iris. I feel like that could have come up anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Here, we're in the middle of this comic. 
there is a, a big event happening in the Antarctic. We have all the Justice League gathered, and there's Barry on a quest to find a work-life balance <laughs> for some reason. We don't know what the inciting factor is. None of that is given to us. He just shows up on the job like, man, I wish I could balance my work and life. We never see him in his life. We never see him struggling with this. Mm -hmm. He's just running around talking to people with... It feels like the tail end of, like, something. Yeah. So he's running around trying to, to get information about people's agendas. And we don't see him at home. He's just bumming out with other families. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sir, you know, if you would spend half the time you spend bothering <laughs> other people... With your actual family? Yeah, you would actually have a, a decent... Like, mm -hmm. he stayed for Jefferson decorating his entire Christmas tree. He could have been home doing that with his own family. And not only that, so in this universe right now, Jefferson's daughters, who are normally known as adults with their already like their superhero personas and stuff they look like they're in their teens and barry is not married to iris yet so they're still kind of like in that dating phase so really it's just barry when he goes home at the end of the day mm -hmm. i don't know why he's really asking these questions and again he's just seems to be asking anyone and everyone he's not even like okay who has a family that they go to at the end of the day these are the people i should maybe ask i think the moral of the story is no one should read comics ever they're <laughs> awful it's making me realize how unnecessary all the drama is and how over the top yeah everything has to be all the time it really just feels like we need to fill the space before this big thing happens which is i feel like that's exactly how we've described 5g before mm -hmm. and all the stuff leading up to 5g it's like this is the huge thing we're really focusing on but we still need to fill in these next couple months honestly it has to be leadership we we can blame the individual writers all we want but like the leadership signed off on all of these melodramatic stupid mini dramas that yeah. are happening but this comic it's written like a sitcom, mm -hmm. complete with those little musical stings when people enter the room. <laughs> Bramer and Seinfeld. Exactly. <laughs> Hence the laugh track. It's so bad. I don't know how... This guy is 57 years old, and he's written, like, 300 comics for Marvel. I don't even know how many for DC. And he's been in the game since the 90s that I was able to find. Well, I can't tell you how many comics i've read from marvel that are completely unreadable i don't know i feel like he's modeling it after a certain way from marvel because that seems where he did most of his work and it just doesn't work with these characters i don't think it would work with marvel characters and again like it just seems like he has the grips of a story but he doesn't have the whole thing fleshed out and so again like he's just doing a lot of this padding of stuff we already know Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Barry can't find the meaning of Christmas at the Jefferson <laughs> household, and it gets interrupted by Batman that there is an emergency in the Antarctic, so he runs over there, and we cut back to Stag Industries complaining as to why they have to keep working at excavating this ice when they kept telling Sebastian Stag about this oncoming blizzard can we please leave? It's not safe. The equipment's going to fail. And just like any other billionaire villain, he's like, no, we have to work until it's done. They're like, please, Mr. Stag, 
we're professionals. We think that the storm will be here an hour and there's not enough time to do this. And instead of being like any contractor who goes, <laughs> actually, uh, no, uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, sorry. They're <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess we will work until we die. <sighs> Man, he's such a mean boss. I don't. All right, so that's what we're doing. Instead we're doing of just that stopping logic. and being like, if you want to get it done, do it yourself, I'm hopping out of here and getting to the helicopter. They're <laughs> just like, could you please save us, Mr. Stat? Oh, he doesn't care about us. If only a superhero would show up. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Justice League did. Yeah. Because they start to fall into the hole that they're excavating. Right off the bat, once again, for comedic effect, Flash goes, Is anyone going to mention Batman's cool new Arctic suit? I'm so over that. Why does he get one? Are we going to get new ones? It's definitely Ezra Miller-esque. Yeah. Fine, whatever. They're fighting animated ice objects that have come to life, and they're, like, attacking people. Mm -hmm. And so Superman reassures them, they're like, oh, they're not alive. Of course, we have the type of Diana's, like, that means we don't have to hold back. It's New 52, Diana. Literally. And here's another thing that I noticed. So Batman detonates one of them, right? It's also part of one of the stag industry machines. Mm -hmm. So ice shards go everywhere. Batman is impaled by ice shards. Right. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. It's his cool ice suit. It is all over his shoulders, his back, on his cowl. But uh -huh. he's going to keep on trucking. He's good. Well, he's the one who set the charge. Out of all the superhumans on the team, they're like, send Batman in to set a bomb because he's the tech guy. So he puts in a bomb. He turns his back on the bomb that blows up like a foot away from him. And all he's got is his big fluffy, like, I was going to say, poncho. It's, a, it's a heavy winter cape, but I don't think it's heavy enough that it's going to block these ice shards, which are still sticking out of you. It's called plot armor. <laughs> Um, get used to it. And we're watching it in real time. Mm-hmm. So, they're taking care of all these inanimate ice things, and then all of a sudden, something comes out of the crater. Mm -hmm. And this something calls itself the Frost King. It looks like a being of mythological origin. Mm -hmm. The text reminds me a little bit of Thor. Like, whenever Thor speaks in a Marvel comic, it has that one specific font. Right. He sees Aquaman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, visions of them of a ancient Egyptian version of Black Adam. He sees Diana as Hippolyta. And then he sees Aquaman as some guy... Like the Thor-ish yeah. Viking. Like Viking. A, like a Viking-like person. Mm-hmm. He calls them a name called Dokalfar and calls them tricksters. I looked it up. I don't know if this is 100% correct because I just used Google Translate. But it's Icelandic for dark calves. So he calls them dark calves, you tricksters. I'm sure we'll get more information and on that later. Maybe. And um, then he just creates a giant ice wind and disappears. Okay. They're all checking to see if everybody's okay. And then Superman looks around and realizes now he's like, oh, this is where my Fortress of Solitude used to be. <laughs> I didn't even realize it while we were fighting these inanimate creatures. Now I'm just really worried because 
that guy had a Kryptonian energy on him that I was able to read with my, you know, special vision powers that I have. Okay. But he didn't remind me of anything I learned from my education crystals about Krypton. So he couldn't be fully Kryptonian. But that means that my Kryptonian crystals that were here, while he was buried underneath the ground, infused with him somehow. And if that's the case, I'm afraid of what I unleashed on the world. Okay, Superman. What the hell? <laughs> Clark, I don't think that's how these things work. I'm sorry, Andy Lanning, I don't think that's how these things work. Well, here's the thing, Joe. When you have a special rare type of snow, because <laughs> it exists, a special snow, uh, the Fortress of Solitude has uh, a septic tank. It's not connected to other plumbing. You got special alien crystals, and you got an ancient god or something like trapped under mm -hmm. there. All three of those together equal Ragnarok. I guess. We're shown five different places where the snow is affecting the Earth. Gotham, mm -hmm. Manhattan, Washington, D.C., Metropolis, and Kandak. Yeah, with Black Adam looking out his window, he's like, ugh, not again. And then we cut to a flashback, which this part of the story was actually drawn by Marco Santucci. And it takes place in 10th century Egypt, and it opens up with the wizard Shazam telling these three silhouetted figures, I'm going to unleash this tomb, and then I'm going to disappear. You guys are going to have to put him back in the cage. He's referring to releasing Black Adam from his tomb. We then cut to 10th century Hippolyta, 10th century Swamp Thing, and somebody called Viking Prince telling Teth Adam that they need his help to save the world. Yeah. So we're going to have one of those secret origins with mm -hmm. Black Adam instead of Hawkman. And then we find out that there was a Justice League in the 10th century <laughs> made up of these four individuals <laughs> that have no need of knowing each other. Uh, yeah. And then we're just told it take uh story continues in Flash 767. Which, it didn't really do much. Black Adam just had a meeting at the United Nations, and he said, I don't know why I need to be here to address to you people that you guys better take care of this whole Blizzard situation before I have to. And then he just flies back to Kondok. The Justice League tell Barry to try and reason with Black Adam. Barry is just so overcome by the cold because again as they say in this story it's like 50 below zero mm. and so even with vibrating at his super speed he can't keep himself warm enough he ends up passing out black adam saves him brings him back to condock in his palace barry looks around and he's like did i see you hanging out with catman rampage multiplex and icicle before i blacked out he's like they're refugees seeking safety i let them in just like i did for you and he gives barry a jump start with electricity and has an evil spurk on his face as barry leaves part three is the superman one shot where lois lane is just narrating how the world needs superman and he can only be in so many places at once and then superman goes to talk to his parents because they're alive now because of doomsday clock and Jonathan just tells Clark, he's like, oh, we'll be fine over here in Smallville. 
we've experienced Kansas winters before. We'll do it again. And Clark says, but this isn't that kind of winter. And he just tells Clark to not be so stern with his mother. All right. And then basically just says that, oh, you know, we love you. We'll be safe. And then Clark flies away to go save the rest of the world. And that's it. Well, it's something. I Who do we blame for this? Is this like an and AT&T thing? Is this I, a... I don't know because obviously this was in production before the layoffs. Uh-huh. Because each story takes about at least four months from being written to um, actually getting into production, into printing. Mm-hmm. Because it has to go through the editors and then, like, making sure it's going with, like, the CEOs, CCOs, or whatever. So that whole process takes about four months. So this is before the layoffs. This is before Marie Javins took the new position of chief creative officer Mm -hmm. alongside Jim Lee. I don't know if this is just solely Jim Lee's fault for giving Andy Lanning the power to write this story and this event, which, again... It's really confusing to even have this still when death metal is still going on from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, and then they just have DC Future State lined up and ready to go the first week of January to the last week of February. I mean, I kind of get, like, throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks, but, like, I don't know. Someone had to sign off on this, right? Someone had to see this and go, hmm. Or maybe they just saw the treatment and were like, go forth. Maybe. They're like, we got a, a lot going on already. We can just throw in this little thing. I mean, it can only get wrapped up in the next four weeks. Right, right. So it can't be that long, and maybe that's also why they're having so many tie-ins and one-shots to go alongside it. We're also seeing a lot of stuff coming out that was planned a while ago that mm-hmm. didn't see the light of day until now, and now we're realizing how messed up things were. Yeah. But yeah, so... We'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you want to give out some ratings on these three books? Um, yeah, it's a one star for all three of them for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I only read Endless Winter. It was pretty atrocious. It was really bad. I didn't like any of this. I picked up the Superman special because I saw it wasn't written by Bendis, mm-hmm. which... You know, I'm really excited that this is his last month on both Superman and Action Comics. Not to mention the cover's a Maniple cover. Yeah, and I love Francis Maniple. So I was also hoping that he did the interior art. I did see that Phil Hester did the art for the interior. And the last time I saw him work on Superman, it was during the Superman Confidential miniseries back in like 2004, 2006-ish. Mm. But yeah, I hated all this. I do not want to pick up another Endless Winter tie-in. I really wish I was still in hibernation. Well, I'm proud of you for just keeping the the puns to a minimum. (laughs) It's real good of you. I'm trying to find, like, one thing to praise about it. Yeah. I didn't like the art. I didn't like the writing. I didn't even really like the covers. There's a Mikhail Janin cover. I don't like his art. I feel like the more that we see of his art, especially reading the Mariko Tamaki Wonder Woman, I feel like you like him less and less. Oh, yeah. It's not my thing. Yeah. I don't like how he draws eyes. I don't like how he draws, like, the line art around Mm -hmm. details in the face. It feels very stark and impersonal. It's very confusing, too, for me, because, like, I see the covers of these stories, and it looks like it's going to be good. It looks intense. Mm -hmm. And then you read it, 
and it's basically just all surrounding what DC Comics believes is the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, here's a Viking frost giant from Jotunheim. It's not even like <laughs> there was a thorough line about... I mean, there it's happening during Christmas. I feel like the Flash, how do you balance work and life, was mm-hmm. really forced in there. And it didn't make any sense. No. It's it wasn't just like, fleshed is, out in any way. This is our one joke and we're going to stick through it. And he's finally going to get his answer at the end of the event. I guess, because he, he had that heartfelt talk with Jefferson for some reason, because Jefferson wasn't involved in the fighting at all. I think it's just because Batman and the Outsiders is over, and they wanted to still throw him in. But yeah, this this was terrible. <laughs> My review for you is don't read it. Yeah, I don't even think it's worth collecting no. uh, for the event. It's just kind of a... It, it's it bad. fell on his face. It's it's not good. No. it. I got my hopes up for just a little bit. Not even for like, oh my god, this looks like it's going to be amazing because we didn't really hear much news about it. No. But I was hopeful enough where I was hoping for at least a solid, I don't know, 5 out of 10. We do have a stack of Future State stuff to like... I did say I wasn't reading that though. <laughs> I, I, I was very honest about that. <laughs> But I'm going to read the Catwoman one. We're going to find out a little bit more about Batman and Future State. Mm-hmm. See what it holds. I don't believe there is any way that they can make sense of why John bottled Metropolis. Oh, correct. Right, right, right. I forgot that was a And why point. Superman gave up on the Earth and decided to go become a gladiator. <laughs> there is nothing that you can save me from that I can read that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> No, I get it. But anyway, that's the only one we're talking about this week. The other comics that came out this week, do you mind reading off the ones for DC? Sure, sure. Uh, Black Label, we got American Vampire 1976, number three. We got the beautiful Batman Black and White, number one. Which I am so excited to read. Yeah, I got some good art in there. Dark Knight's Death Metal, the last stories of the DC Universe, number one. Promises, promises. Mm-hmm. DC is very merry multiverse number one. I only saw one story in there, and it's um, President Superman mm. and a story about his bizarro celebrating the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> so it's wacky. It's wacky. Right. It's another one of those just like little collection things like they had that cybernetic summer and um, New Year's Evil, Mysteries of Love and Space. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking it up. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Once bitten and twice shy. <laughs> All right. So, Detective Comics 1032. Mm. The Flash 767, which we talked about. Yep. Endless Winter Part 2, for All those of right. you who did like this event. Black Label, we get that Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth, The Return, number two. Yeah. I've been meaning to pick that up. That's on my... You know, wave bet on the back burner there. It's very hyped. Uh, we also get Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Flashpoint number one. I'm curious with these because, again, like with the last round of these Tales from the Dark Multiverse things, I think I liked that Blackest Night one with Sinestro. Sinestro was the only one I liked. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for DC. And then for Marvel, we have The Amazing Spider-Man 54, The Avengers 39, Captain Marvel 24, Conan the Barbarian, number 17. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 9. 
Heroes at Home number one. This is done by Gary Hiru and Zeb Wells. Oh. I want to pick this up because the few skits I've seen of them that they slapped onto like the variant covers for a couple of these of course, titles, yeah. they are funny. They're very cute. So I'm curious to see them. I actually saw it in a comic shop this week. It's a nice little book. It's a little bit smaller than the uh, Once Upon a Crime book. Mm-hmm. So it looks cute. I would pick it up. You also have Juggernaut number four. The King in Black event, but this is King in Black Namor number one. That's the one that basically focuses around Venom and the symbiote god Null. Yeah. Which I think is being uh, overhead by Donny Cates, I believe. He is the Venom guy right now. Yeah. And this is also the return of uh, for Black Cat because I remember back in October when it got canceled, they said they would return with King in Black. Yep, yep, yep. So... We also have Marauders number 16, Spider-Man number 5. This is the one being written by J.J. Abrams' son. That it's been like every couple months he gets another one of them out. Weird. Yeah, I haven't read it. All I know is that Mary Jane died in the first issue. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off with a bang. Yeah. Then you have Star Wars number 9, Strange Academy number 6, Sword number 1, which is a tie-in to the uh, X-Men X of Swords event. Mm-hmm. Ultraman, The Rise of Ultraman, number four, Venom, number 31, and Warhammer, 40,000, Marnius, Calgar, number three. So, for the news that we have from the past two weeks, we learned about the new writing team coming to DC Comics in 2021. For Batman Superman title, which is currently being written by Joshua Williamson, and then he usually just has like a cycle of artists that he's been working with. Like, it was David Marquez, then it was Nick Darrington, then it was Clayton Henry, who did the art for the Flash 767. Mm. I just call him the forehead guy, because... His foreheads are His foreheads are huge. So, Batman Superman is going to be taken over by Gene Luen Yang and Ivan Reyes with issue number 16, which is going to be happening in March, I believe. Gene Yang is known for the terrifics which i believe only lasted like 27 issues before it got canceled he's also going to be writing the limited future state batman superman series and he's also written superman and superman smashes the clan which i loved that series that was a like three issue out of continuity story right taking place with like golden age superman before he can fly it was simplistic but sweet but it focused on a girl didn't it didn't yes. focus as much on superman he was kind of a he was just there a side character that popped in and out and said don't be racist kids <laughs> but like the way that he's written in that is so sweet and it so sweet. so caring like i love that version of him so much so yeah they're taking <laughs> over that ivan reyes sees mainly well known for Green Lantern with Jeff Johns and he has been working with Bendis in the beginning of the Superman series. You're on board with the Batman Superman team. I'm curious only because the terrific series did not do well. But but I also Superman know that Superman Smashes the Clan did extremely well. It did extremely well, but I also feel like it's too conflicting of a character with the current Superman we've had in continuity. Well, that doesn't mean he's going to write them in that continuity. You can write multiple types of Superman. I guess. I don't know. You I've also... seem to think he has a good grasp on Superman at the core. He does at the core. 
And the I way DC has been going and trends in terms of like my interests, mm -hmm. I've learned to expect the worst and then be surprised if it's good. Uh, okay, so here's what I think. We can't blame him for the terrifics because it could have just been the terrifics that were the problem. Right. Especially when Superman smashes the clan was such a runaway success. Right. Partly, I'm just going to blame Guru Hero because that art, chef's oh, kiss. So good. Yeah. In my opinion, the art was like at least half of it. It was oh, so yeah, good. Oh, yeah, easily. As far as Batman Superman is concerned, I don't know. I've read some really bad stuff lately. <laughs> and so I just feel like this is a good one to like at least reach for optimistically, have some hope in. I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm not even going to pick it up. Like, obviously, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, of course. It's got my characters in it. I'm just saying that I'm looking more towards, like, I will be glad to be surprised if it's good. Okay, so you're just going into this with, like... Skeptical. Pessimism. Yes. Written all... Well, terrible. <laughs> I don't approve. That's okay. Pessim that's my gig. I'm sorry. My gig to hate everything. You're supposed to be the optimistic what one. What if I was doing New Year, New Me, and I was going to try and take your advice oh, on this? Then I have to be the optimistic one. Well, you're doing so good at it right now. Look at this. You're fitting in the role That's right now. That's because you're lying to people, and I can't stand <laughs> liars. All right, fine. Move on. All we can right. do Detective Comics. So, Detective Comics, Tomasi is going to be stepping away from... And is now getting taken <laughs> over by what seems to be DC Comics' new golden girl, Mariko Tamaki. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> Sorry, mentally I heard, Tomasi is leaving. Yes! Mariko Tamaki is on board. No! We've been reading Mariko Tamaki's Wonder Woman. And I feel like every time I find news about DC Comics, Mariko Tamaki's name is in there somewhere. Mariko Tamaki's writing Wonder Woman. She also just got announced as doing a new young adult novel uh -huh. called Starfire <laughs> Is My Mom. Is not my mom. Is not my mom. Sorry. I feel like you've all heard about it already. Definitely look on Twitter. The memes are good. Yeah, the memes are hilarious. And if you go on Tumblr, you see much better fan art. Oh, yeah, there's some good fan art. Yeah. I, like, had this whole, like, rewrite. When I heard the synopsis, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> none, none of this works. Okay, here's here's how it should go. And I had, like, this whole vision, and now I'm like, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. I was down for it. I think you should still write it. And I think you should publish it. <laughs> I should just give her, like, entirely different names for every character. But they're all, like, the same people. Yeah. There's a lot to There's unwrap lot. about that. Yeah. But here's the thing. Mariko that. Tamaki, in everything I've read, taken the path of least resistance, the least imagination, the least interesting way of doing anything, and just, it wastes my time yeah. every time. I feel robbed. I feel annoyed. Because, like, you read something and you're like, oh, okay, here are the regular twists and turns coming. But there are no twists and turns coming. No. It's a flat line. It's like even lazy writers aren't this lazy normally. Mm -hmm. So she almost takes laziness in an innovative route and makes it <laughs> more lazy than you expected. Mm -hmm. In which case she is subverting your expectations in a way. In a way. But, yeah, I really... Don't like her writing. No. I told Joe ahead of time, and he kind of acted like I was exaggerating. And then he got on board. Only because 
this is the first I was reading her is the Wonder Woman series. So I was like, well, it's just the beginning couple issues. Even Tinian had a rocky start with the Batman uh, series when he took it over from Tom King. Did I not call every plot point? You did. Well in advance. You did. Issues in advance. I knew exactly what she was going to do every time. You did. And the fact that DC still approved of a character named Liar Liar (laughs) blows my mind. You're really stuck on the name. It is so bad. (laughs) You could have thought of anything else for Maxwell Lord's daughter. I like to imagine the meetings where she's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Maxwell Lord is super is Wonder Woman's biggest foe. Um, what if? Now stay with me. She has to fight his daughter. Who's the mom? Never mind. Her name's a liar, <laughs> liar, and uh, she lies sometimes. And she also has the power to control minds. But she's gonna frame her dad. But before she fights her. She's going to live in the same apartment as her and have her over sometimes with her white rabbit. And also Wonder Woman, she's kind of like stupid. I'm I'm not saying stupid, like stupid, but like, here's the thing. Wonder Woman has lived on Earth longer than this girl's been alive. But what we're going to do is we're going to make her like not know anything about pop culture. So we can have this (laughs) fish out of water thing. So she can be like... This is running water, Wonder Woman. <laughs> this is Ikea. Wonder Woman goes, what? You put together the furniture. What's furniture? <laughs> I completely forgot about that Ikea scenario. <laughs> I don't of, know like, anything. Issue one of Mariko Tamaki. I'm just a dumb Amazon moving my sculptures into an apartment. <laughs> moving my giant Doric columns into my new apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I never go anywhere without my columns. <laughs> I'm Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Right on time, the quirky Tumblr girl shows up with her some disability that's not too bad, but just kind Mm -hmm. of in fashion, her fashionable disability, and uh, maybe a pet, and she just walks in along with the plot and says, hi, I'm your new best friend. Everyone identify with me. Yeah. I'm a child. It's bad. Hello, fellow kids. (laughs) Welcome to the plot. I will be your avatar. We're going to be best friends with Wonder Woman. It's going to be great. Like, I thought Maxwell Lord was just being introduced because of the Wonder Woman 84 movie. But, you know, now it just seems to be part of the whole run. Because they're having the whole buddy cop thing. But, anyway, so... (laughs) Sorry for that. So, Mariko Tamaki (laughs) and Dan Mora are taking over Detective Comics in March 2021... Starting with Detective Comics 1034. Is it bad I'm low-key excited? You love roasting things, that's why. I love it. You love horrible things. She's easy to roast. <laughs> like with Joel Jones, because I actually love her. When she would write like just the plot standing still and being trapped in one place endlessly, I was like crying inside when I was reviewing it. I'm like, well, it's... Issue number whatever. <laughs> it's been a year. We're, we're still fighting zombies. I'm yeah. signing off. And now, now we got Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe Mariko Tamaki will bore us in Detective Comics. But I mean, maybe she'll play the type. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the thing, though. Like, 
can it get better or worse than having let's say like a two issue plot mm-hmm. and the first issue being really really good which is Tomasi's MO and mm-hmm. then kind of falling flat on that second issue can Mariko Tamaki do better because so far the only thing that has me reading Wonder Woman is the fact that Joshua Middleton has been doing these amazing covers oh that's true that's the only reason I, I collect it but that's yeah. not why I read it oh. I'm not gonna read it book because of the cover the cover is gorgeous and it's art and it can be collected and i think it'll be worth something someday as long as people never open it but like (laughs) the interiors are hilarious because not only are they drawn pretty poorly the colors especially are just like you know just like (laughs) that's what you get it's it's Mm cell shaded practically it's it's not fun everything is terrible but it's terrible in a like it's like um candy corn all of her writing is candy corn. We are like, this is going to taste like plastic. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have that consistency, you know? Sure. You're like, you never bite into candy corn and it tastes like red velvet. It always <laughs> tastes like candy corn. Yeah. And that's kind of comforting in a way. But at the same time, if you need a refresher of how this could play out mm-hmm. in March when Mariko Tamaki takes over, Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora both already worked on a Batman story in Detective Comics 1027, the short story called The Gift, which is the one where every year Joker gave Batman a present. Oh, no. And then that one year he didn't, and Batman was going crazy looking for it all over Gotham, shouting, where's my present? Oh, my gosh. That's my candy corn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I forgot. I forgot. Wow. I I love it. And I hate it. It's so bad. It's bad. It's so it's so unapologetically bad. Like it's, see, if we're going to compare this to Endless Winter, Endless Winter feels like it's not intentionally being bad. Yeah, it's you can tell it's trying. Where's my present? <laughs> That's like, you dot that end of that exclamation point with like a flourish. You're like, yes! Take that, DC fans. I hate you. And then like, you just laugh all the way to the bank because you know they're going to hire you for more. They look at this and Which- go, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this writing. No. This isn't hideous. Which they did. (laughs) This isn't written by a monster. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the answer to the question of who's the monster at the end of this book. It's Mariko Tamaki. (laughs) So yeah, you're welcome for that. Thanks. Stay tuned for Detective Comics 1034 for more of the Where's My Present. (laughs) I'm dead inside. (laughs) Oh, man. So the next bit is Harley Quinn is getting revamped. It's going to get a new number one. I don't... um, Amanda Connor's series ended with issue 75. This one's being written by Stephanie Phillips, and the art is done by Riley Rossmo. Rossmo's done the art for Harley Quinn a couple times now. 
the one I really remember is when he did the uh, half the stories for the No Justice event back in 2017, mm. I believe. I think you called me and were telling me about it while I was walking, and you we were talking about how it were his art style works so great for Martian Manhunter, yes, and not quite so great for like recognizable for hard, people. Yeah, and he's done Harley Quinn. And a couple other different series and, and whatnot, anniversary collections or whatever. I guess because the way that Harley Quinn has been written recently is very wacky mm-hmm. and stuff, that art style could work. Okay. So I'm curious to see about that. Stephanie Phillips is also going to be writing the Future State Harley Quinn. So you get two months of her in Future State before she takes over the run starting in March. Okay. Then the last change, DC, I guess, just decided, hey, Mariko, you're going to stop writing Wonder Woman, (laughs) and you're just going to move directly to Batman in Detective Comics, because the new Wonder Woman team is Becky Cloonan and Will Conrad with issue 770. I'm not sad. I'm not sad either. I like Becky Cloonan. I like Will Conrad. He did the art for um, Justice League Odyssey. For okay. most of that uh, series, actually. That was a pretty series. Yeah, it was good. Right. So I'm excited for that. The other news that we have, which I feel like has already been kind of spread out for the past couple uh, weeks now, mm-hmm. which is that Wonder Woman 84 is going to be playing in both HBO Max and in theaters. Nice. But they're not following the, the Disney Plus Milan route. They're not going to charge you extra money to watch Wonder Woman on HBO. If you have the subscription, you can watch it. So what's the difference between HBO Max and HBO proper? I don't know. <laughs> HBO Max was was HBO Go. Okay. They revamped it. And the partnership that they have with DC Comics is that every month or two months or so they're going to just cycle through um some dc comics content okay so let's say like wonder woman right now the first movie that's going to be up right now it may not be there come february that's probably wise okay so that kind of makes it necessary for people to like buy the dvds right okay because you can be watching something and then it may not be there the next day all i'm getting is dc is very pro piracy the way that they've just been forcing the HBO thing, yeah. they're like, no, 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 this is this is the money maker right here. We have to get put everything we have into getting with HBO. Well, they do have to make HBO seem valuable enough for people to like invest in it. I mean, it's getting harder and harder because the market is so saturated. I still don't have a reason to. I'm still disappointed that I'm going to be canceling my DC Universe subscription come February. Once I finish binge-watching Lois and Clark. Of course. Because none of that content is getting transferred over to HBO. That's so wrong. Yeah. Because, like, thankfully I have Batman the Animated Series on Mm Blu-ray. I have the whole collection. I need to now get the Lois and Clark uh, DVD set. Good luck. I need to get the Justice League cartoons if I want it. Because yeah. all that stuff, Teen Titans, Static Shock, Legion of Superheroes just announced that they have a Blu-ray disc for the complete series. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad is most likely following the same trend as Wonder Woman 84, 
where it's going to be playing in both in theaters and on HBO because the way that the world is right now, we have no idea what to expect it's in the true. next couple months. And even though James Gunn announced that he's disappointed in this decision, yeah, I can see it. No, I get it. I understand why they're doing it. So. You can't keep putting it off forever. Yeah. Like, this stuff's going to become dated. The hype will die down. They've already spent all that money on advertising. Exactly. And I don't believe Matt Reeves' Batman movie is going to follow the same trend because that's already set to debut, I think, in 2022. And can I honestly, like say shout out to theaters that have started opening up their parking lots to create drive-in movie theaters yeah i'm gonna be seeing wonder woman 84 in uh, a drive-in movie theater Mm -hmm. um the day after christmas oh yeah because christmas is for family (laughs) yes for those who can celebrate with family that's right flesh (laughs) (laughs) that was a good way to bring it back around (laughs) what yeah, um, that's all the news we got. Nice. So, for next week's comics, for DC, we have the Aquaman tie-in with Aquaman number 66. Mm-hmm. We have Batman 105. I am two issues behind on Batman right now, so I need to desperately catch up. Yep. We have, I believe, is the final issue of the Batman's Grave number 12. That was the one that was being written by Warren Ellis. Right. We have Catwoman number 28. <laughs> Rest in peace, Warren Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. Is he ever going to be back after that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Batman's got, Grave. Got, <laughs> All right. He got kicked <laughs> off of a one-page Dark Knight's Death Metal story. Uh, that hurts. Poor about guy. the Batman Tyrannosaurus Rex. Also, amazing news that came out, which is going to be coming out next week. Tomasi is coming back with Challenge of the Super Sons number one. It is taking place exactly where he left off, so none of this, like, John is 17 years old with the Legion of Superheroes. This is immediately after um, Adventure of the Super Sons. Is he straight up retconning it? He's not retconning it. He's just like, okay, um, before that happens, I'm just going to continue my stories here. Okay. I mean, that's how DC seems to roll anyway. So yeah. Fold that time back. Sadly, it is only digital. So I can't collect any physical copies of it. Not yet. If it's following the same trend of Wonder Woman, Agent of Peace. Or the Batman. Gotham the Knights. Adventure Continues. Well, that's digital and printed. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I feel like that would be getting done well enough. Jimenez is also doing the covers for this series. The interior is being done by Max Rayner. Hmm. I don't know how many issues it's going to be. I want to say at least 12. But I'm excited. I'm going to definitely download it and pick it up. Nice. Then you have Dark Knight's Death Metal number 6. Scott Snyder said that it's going to be one of the big ones before the end of the series. You have Black Label, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey number 4. Mm-hmm. The Green Lantern season 2 number 10. Justice League 58, another Endless Winter tie-in, Nightwing 77, Black Label. (laughs) We don't talk about Rorschach in this house. Number three is coming out next week. Hush. (laughs) Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Number 107. The final issue of Superman, written by Brian Michael Bendis, issue 28, comes out next week. I am just so happy he is done. I also have no idea what the new writer is going to be taking over it. 
because they did not release that information yet. That is really suspicious. But also they did the same thing with The Flash, because as soon as Williamson was off the run, they had this other guy just kind of fill in the, the gaps a little bit. Look how well that worked. Yeah, I mean... They also did the same thing with uh, Steve Orlando taking over Wonder Woman before Mariko Tamaki took over. You're right, you're right. But didn't they announce it way in advance? I thought they did. Unless, like, their announcement was the um, anniversary issue. The one story in there. So you're saying they're probably going to go the substitute teacher route. Yeah, until they get somebody, like, concrete on there. Could be fun. I would love for Jurgens to be back, honestly. I, I don't know think that he's he, going to be back. I mean, he did it for 2016 for, D, for DC Rebirth. Mm. He he loves Superman. All right. Well, here's but, hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. Um, then we also have Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Crisis on Infinite Earths, number one. And then Teen Titans, Endless Winter Special, one shot, number one. See, I told you they were lying about the multiverse. Oh, these are the last stories of the Dark Multiverse. You <laughs> lied. Yeah, you know what? Next week, Marvel Comics, guess what's happening? Guess what? What? My girl's coming back. Black Cat number one. Yeah, still being written by Jed McKay, too. My guy, I love you. It's my favorite comic of 2020. <laughs> so hopefully we're going to be back with some more shenanigans. Yeah. Some more Gentleman Thief stuff. It was really, really good. Some I, more chaos. I'm so glad you got me into that series. Isn't it wonderful? It was great. It was so fun. The art was kind of... Yeah, we, we've, we've spoken about that a couple yeah, times. Yeah, but the writing was chef's kiss mm-hmm. so captain america number 26 is coming yep. deadpool number nine fantastic four number 27 the immortal hulk number 71 iron man number four keenan black the immortal hulk number mm-hmm. one that's an interesting yeah combination it could be really interesting to read honestly. i would love that yeah the magnificent ms marvel number 17 new mutants number 14 savage avengers number 13 Star Wars Darth Vader number eight. It's an interesting series. I I still enjoy it. I don't enjoy it as much as I did the first couple issues. Oh. But it's still a good read. I gave it like a three or four out of five. What shenanigans is Darth Vader up to? He's currently looking for the remains of Padme. And he f- actually found her bodyguard slash like duplicate that was trained oh. to look exactly like her in case of like assassination attempts and stuff. Because this is taking place, I want to say, between episodes three and four. I'm a couple issues behind. It ties into the prequels heavily, more so than the original trilogy. Okay. I still am not convinced to pick it up. That's okay. But uh, let me know if it gets good again. I will. (laughs) Okay. Also, Symbiote Spider-Man, Keenan Black number two. That's good. Taskmaster number two. I read the first issue of that, and I didn't finish it. Really? It was bad. I finished it. I, you did? Yeah. Do you like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Taskmaster is really supposed to act, but I don't think that was it. Yeah. See, here's the thing with a lot of the Marvel stuff. If I pick it up and read it, I'm just like, it's not bad enough to roast, and it's not good enough to remember. Mm. You just read it, you're like, oh, that sucked, and then you that just toss story. it aside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's whatever. It's it's waiting room material. Yeah. It's like, did you know who Taskmaster is? And you're like, I guess I do. Sort of. <laughs> uh, anyways, Wolverine, black, white, and blood. Number two. <laughs> because black, white, and red was already taken by Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I might pick that up someday, but today's not that day. Yeah, same here. I was tempted. X-Force number 15 is the last one on my list. So those are all the Marvel ones coming out next week. Definitely pick up Black Cat. I am not kidding. No, definitely. We're definitely talking about Black Cat next week. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. It was too good. I double check with the guy at the comic shop. I'm like, this is in my pull list, right? We are getting that back. He's like, yeah. You, you had it in your pull list before. I'm like, yeah, but this is a new one. He's like, it's the same one. Nice. It's just a restart of the same thing. Nice. I'm like, yes, okay. And I said, well, what about the one with the symbiote? And he goes, no. Like, oh. oh, he's like, yeah, those are gone. I was oh. like, all right, well, that's fine. Sorry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, it just shows that it's actually doing well. Cause yeah. There's some comics that go to the comic shop and they have like multiple stacks because they're just not selling. You mean Heroes in Crisis and Doomsday Clock? I'm not naming names, but (laughs) (laughs) some of them just sell out so fast. Yeah. So that's definitely one of those, anything Venom related, you got to get your hands on fast. That's a series that I've been meaning to like pick up as well. I'm trying to get into Marvel. I really am. You've said that for like a year now. And I will keep saying it until I am into Marvel. But until then... Or maybe just give up, like me. Um, (laughs) Anyways, on that cheery note... Yeah, that's all we got for this week. And we will hopefully be back next week with Muse, but we will definitely be here. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Court of Outlets podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Outlets. We are also now on Parlor. We're trying it out. It's a whole new social media thing. Just... It's so interesting, you guys. It's interesting. I like it because it's like Twitter before throttling. Mm. So you can just go anywhere with the tags. No one's going to stop you from like the amount of tags you can use. The amount of people there right now, it's so small that it's like you can reach a lot more people. Right. So it is nice. It's nice to be on the frontier of a new app. Mm -hmm. It is a new app, though. Yeah. So it is hella glitchy. It's very glitchy. It does have its problems. The targeted ads are a little wonky. Yeah, they are. For my taste. The targeted ads are, like, entirely political. Yeah. But anyway, it's new. We're trying it out. You can follow us on there as well, at Court of Outlets. Please let us know which comic you want us to cover next week. Make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. So take care, and we'll see you next week. Get that Christmas shopping done. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs>